You're gonna be starting with taking a sip of water, you dweeb. Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right, fellas, welcome back to the Porch Talk. I'm your host Zach, along with my co-host Dan the Man and Jacob Schweitzer. How are my boys doing today? Man, I am doing it. Could be better. Could be worse. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry. But to hear that. you know what? Happy back for episode two of Porch Talks, baby. It's a good day. Jacob, how are you doing? I'm be- doing better than Dan. Doing better than Dan. I think I all why. of us are, so uh, we'll get into that. But uh, happy to be back for episode two and here for another good episode. Yes, sir. So before I said we had a third host, his name is Roy Hines. A fourth? Um, Can you fourth, count? fourth host. What did I say? You said third. third. You well, were an idiot. Learn how I to apo- count. All right, all right. Yes. Study of Wombology. Guys, anyway, we have a fourth host. His name is Rory. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to participate in an episode, so it's pretty much porch <laughs> talks with an occasional feature from Rory. Uh, good thing he doesn't really uh, add any value to what we have to say. So, Rory, if you're listening to this, two big middle fingers. All right. Massive. Now we got that out of the way. Got that out of the way. Uh, do some a little bit more intros. I mean, last video we kind of just glazed over who we are and what we're here for. But today we're gonna go a little bit more in depth, not a lot, just a tad bit. So get you know get to know us a little bit better. So we'll start with Dan. Dan, who are you? Who is Dan? <clears throat> I, as you can uh, see if you're if you're watching uh, this podcast, I am Dan the Man um, because I was going to edit my name. We were all gonna do cool names, and <laughs> nobody else did cool names. I did Switz. That's your name. But it's it's cool than it's cool than this Jake or as Zach does Zach. Nobody. That's my okay, name. Zach is his name. Switch. Nobody calls you Jake. The only per- even your parents don't call you Jake. They call you Jay. So you can't even speak. What is oh wrong god. with you? Oh my god. Anyways, hello. I am Dan. <laughs> Uh, like Zach said in the last podcast, uh, I am a big football mind. Uh, love football. Um, and uh, what what else do you really want to say here? Like where we're Dan, from or something? I know we can see your flag, but the people who are listening to this, just the audio, what who who are you a fan of? Who do you like? What is the team you support? I you put your heart I and soul am, into them. Who is it? Who is it? I uh, do tend to put said heart and soul into the. Uh, Buffalo Bills fan. Ah. Uh, I I am I am a member of the Bills Mafia. Um, you know it's uh it's been a rough couple of days, man. It's been a rough couple of days. However, you know you gotta you gotta move on. But you know we're gonna open some uh open some starting the healing wounds. Um, gonna start the healing process. But after this podcast is done recording, I'm never gonna speak about the Bills again. That's a lie. Obviously. But, but yeah, you but. know, from the great city of Buffalo, <clears throat> city of good neighbors, go Bills forever and always. All right, man. Uh, Jacob, Mr. Switz, what, who are you, man? What do you bring to the table? You know, I bring the different sports type of mind because I am also a hockey fan. And Whoa, whoa, I, Switz, you oh played hockey? God. Whoa! All right, there Whoa. it is. Yes, I, Sorry. I, uh, I am a big hockey fan, so I will be talking hockey whenever 
we do it. I will be the lead on that. And I'm just, you know, I'm not as big as a football head as Dan, but, you know, I can talk about it as good as some people, so. Jacob, Zach, how about you? What do you, no, what do no, you no, bring no, to that, this? No, no, first, stop speaking. Uh, who do you like? What team you support? I am, for hockey, I am a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. And for football, Ooh. I am a Philadelphia Eagles fan. So, Dude, go Birds. Yeah, go we have, yeah, we have a, some heartbreak and some joy here. Um, I'm Zach. I, I've never played football, but, you know, I know a good amount about the sport. I've been watching for some time. You know, I'm learning more about, you know, the technicality of football, you know, structure and plays and, you know, the X's and O's. But, you know, I follow the game pretty closely, I have to say. Uh, I, If you couldn't tell, you know, by the jerseys behind me, I'm a Patriots fan. I'll go Pats. Um, however, you know, pretty unfortunate season. But, you know, we're here still. The gap between the Bills and the Pats is closing slowly. As we see, Josh Allen is oh. not that much better than Mac Jones. Um, <laughs> that's a switch take. That's a switch take. Yeah, sip that water and think about what you said. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I have to say I love football, but I might like basketball a little bit more as I'm a diehard Celtics fan. Uh, so, you know, a little bit better in that department, I have to say. Celtics looking a lot better than the Pats have. Um, but, yeah, you know, just excited to be here with the guys. Finally, you know, talk about sports every day, so might as well record ourselves doing it. So, you know, for today's episode, the second episode of Porch Talks, we are talking about the divisional round, recapping the games, and then we're making our championship predictions. And then we're going to talk about some uh, coaching, some hires, and some interviews that are going on. Uh, then we'll talk about our NFL season award winner predictions, you know, MVP and stuff, but we're not going to include the betting favorites. So, for example, MVP, the betting favorite, is obviously Patrick Mahomes. We are not going to include him, so we have to pick anybody else to win MVP but Mr. Mahomes. And then we'll be finishing off with a little wrap-up. We're going to rank our top three Gatorade flavors and we're going to debate and discuss our lists. So that part's well, a little Switch, you look, you look ready for that one, Switch. Uh... I, I am excited for that. When I saw it on the agenda, <clears throat> I was very excited because, Dan, I already know you're going to have, like, Stop speaking. Like just one. No, 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 no. We're, Stop we're, speaking. Yeah, we'll, don't don't we'll, we'll spoil. Get into it. Don't we'll spoil get into it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop. But Dan's just gonna. I feel like you're gonna have a hot take in there. So that's ironic coming from you. It doesn't matter. Okay, moving on. All right. <laughs> so the first game of the divisional round was the Chiefs Jaguars. Right. That was the first game, I believe. Yes, it was. So not much to say about that game. Uh. It felt like even though the the score was twenty seven twenty Chiefs, it just kind of felt like the Chiefs were dominating the entire game, in my opinion. Um, even with the hobbled Mahomes, uh, he still threw for one ninety five and two tutties, uh with a one well twelve rating on one leg. And then of course he had the he had the kid, the Michigan man, Chad Henney, coming in for a little bit, five for seven. You know, dog, dog, dog. But uh, Trevor Lawrence didn't look terrible, didn't look great. Uh, not not as bad as the first half from the last round, but. Not as great as the second half. Uh, yeah, scores 27-20, like I said, but it didn't feel like it was really that close. It kind of just felt like domination. Not domination, per se, from the Chiefs, but the Chiefs definitely are, are I think, if they make it to the Super Bowl, they'll be the they'll be the deserving favorites. So, Dan, we'll start with you. What were your uh, main takeaways from Chiefs-Jacks? Well, 
my uh, my first takeaway was obviously the, the Chiefs are the better team. Uh, they they proved that, and yes, it was a one score game, um, but I agree with what Zach said. You know, like it, it it was it felt pretty dominant, a dominant effort by the Chiefs, right? Um, the Jags put up a fight. Uh, they fought hard until the end, but um, you know, at the end of the day, again, the Chiefs were the better team. Um, I will say Patrick Mahomes being a little banged up, high ankle sprain, I believe. I'm a pirate. Um, a pirate. I'm a pirate. Uh, so obviously he'll play, and that won't be anything, uh, anything to uh, write home about. Um, but his resilience, his his ability to still play at a pretty high level um, while being that banged up, that looks serious, you know. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm glad Mahomes is is doing all right. Obviously. Um, we never uh, here on Porch Talks. We never wish uh, upon injury, no matter how much uh, we despise their team or player or whatever else, because we are Absolutely. men of class. We are men of class. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but uh, but yeah, Mahomes Mahomes showed why he is the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, again, that pains me to say, uh, as a Bills fan, um, but it's just clear and obvious. You know, you gotta you gotta be able to be realistic and, and look at. Um, facts. Uh, so, yeah, Chiefs are the better team. Uh, I think the only team that – no, never mind. I, I was going to say the Chiefs might not be the favorite in the Super Bowl uh, if they win, but I can't really see an argument. I mean, you can definitely see an argument. It's the Super Bowl, yeah. obviously, if we get that far. But yeah. not looking too far ahead, I think I think the Chiefs will deservedly be the, be the favorite. I think so too. Jacob, thoughts, opinions? No, I agree with Dan. Like the game, the Chiefs just were the better team, and they showed it like throughout the whole game, even with Mahomes being hurt and like just the some of the throws he was making, like on that in on that injured ankle, were unreal. And Travis Kelsey is far and beyond the best tight end in the league. And he's just the best weapon for Mahomes. So, I mean, Dan perfectly said it. Chiefs are the better team. The Jaguars did put up a fight, but they just weren't anything for the Chiefs. And yeah, I'm trying to find the quarter by quarter stats to see like the drop off from the first half to the second half. But I'm not gonna lie, I'm having a little bit of trouble finding that. Now, uh, another another uh, one player we we didn't, haven't really mentioned yet from from the Chiefs' performance was Isaiah. Pacheco, Pacheco, the Madden beast, dude. That is my Madden, Madden running beast. back. Dude is a dog. However, um, he's also a dog in the NFL. That yes, run he had um, looked like it looks like he was high knee the entire time. He was definitely making those <laughs> sounds that he was running. I guarantee you, he was doing that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he he's probably been, uh, in my opinion, the biggest like unsung hero. And I, I, he is a rookie, right? Yes, yeah, yes, he's out of yes. uh, Rutgers. Got it. So, so obviously he's unsung because he's he's a rookie. But we we know what to expect from Travis Kelsey. Have a huge game. That's probably going to alter what tight ends can do for the rest of human history. Um, but um, he had 95 rushing yards in the game. Um, he was able to just kind of set the tone when, especially when Mahomes was hobbling a little bit. Um, you know, before he got a shot of whatever he got shot into his leg um you know he he did his thing and you know being able to run the football 
Um, at the end of the day, the Jags and the Chiefs both have the same amount of rushing yards at 144. Um, but being able to run the football and get, you know, some first downs and sustained drives, especially um, to, one, help your defense uh, rest up a little bit, um, and two, uh, you know, when your quarterback is on one leg um, and is very clearly unable to put pressure on it, um, you know, before the second half, mm-hmm. you know, running the football is very vital to be able to kind of just keep moving those chains and, and, and keep moving forward. So, um, yeah, he – not that I wasn't expecting it from him because over the last – I don't know, he became like the full-time starter in like, what, week eight maybe? Um, maybe maybe a little later than that. So, But he, he's been playing well. But um, that was that was good to see him play especially uh, well in this game. Absolutely. Just shy of 100 yards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, for the Jags, again, they were just outmatched. Uh, crucial drop by Christian Kirk on that one. That deep, that deep was it? I think it was a post, a deep post. Um, I've seen people. I think was it Chris Collinsworth said it was underthrown. It could have been a better ball. And then immediately after, Pat Mahomes threw a pass into the dirt and got on his knees and uh, just slurped Mahomes. I don't know. Uh, I think the throw to Kirk was perfect and could have been placed much better. I'm not really sure what happened or why people think. I mean, drops happen, so it is what it is. But I'm not really sure how people think that was a bad throw. I don't think it could have been put anywhere else. But, you know, overall, uh, yeah, like Jags, they were outmatched. There's not much you can do there. Uh, Etienne had a decent game, uh, 10 carries for 62 on a tutty. That's not bad. Zay Jones is really ball, too. He had 83 yards. But, you know, overall, just outmatched by the Chiefs, um, outcoached. And, and I, I will say, too, about the Jags, you know, they, they made a huge, a massive leap. From the 2021 season to the 2022 season, right? Mm-hmm. They have a competent head coach in Doug Peterson. They have a very young quarterback who has flashing star potential. And mm-hmm. um, they have solid pieces around him. Um, you know, uh, we emphasize a lot of offseason acquisitions um, and everything in the last episode of Porch Talks. Obviously, I think we mentioned last week, too, they're getting Calvin Ridley, man. Calvin That's Ridley is a legit receiver. I'm still not thinking about they're getting him. Yeah, like it, it's insane. They got him for damn near dirt cheap because of him betting $1,500 or whatever yep. on, on a game that he wasn't playing in. Um, so, you know, because nobody wants to deal with like off the field issues, which makes sense, I guess. But, you know, the Bucks still signed AB. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, they, did, um, they did sign AB. They, they did. So did the Patriots. Um, yeah, but, before he was. Yeah, it was <laughs> um, but I think the Jags are in a really, really good spot uh, moving forward. Uh, I off the top of my head, I, I can't think of like one position where they're like, and, and you guys jump in if you think. I can't think of one position where they're like, oh, they need to upgrade this position because they're they were a pretty overall like well-rounded team. You know what I mean? Like, in my mind, there wasn't a huge glaring issue. Like, Mm -hmm. their their defense, they were able to get generate pass rush. Uh, They forced some turnovers. Special teams, Jamal Agnew. I feel like every time you turn, every time he took a had a had a return attempt, he was taking it uh, for at least an explosive play, which all you really want from yeah from except the one time he got him the ball and. In offense, he fumbled, which is pretty brutal. Oh, yeah, he did him. fumble. Yeah, he so maybe just fumble. keep him off of the offense and just little yeah. special teams. Just let him, like, never put him in offense again, I'd say. Um, but but I think moving forward, yeah. Um, 
they're they're in a really really good spot, and they're definitely going to be a scary team in, in the AFC moving no. forward. I mean, this year they they finished nine and eight, um, and they just squeaked by the division title. Yep. I don't foresee that happening next year. Um, obviously, we're we'll get into more, um, you know, next season predictions. I don't know in a while. It's January. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I feel like I, I feel like the Jags are really moving in the right direction. Yeah, I would say. Then you said they're pretty well on that. I'd say I would look to maybe upgrade corner safeties. Their pass defense. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's not fantastic. They're like I think they're twenty seventh in the league in pass defense. Mm-hmm. Um, not dead last, but definitely not that close to first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that could definitely be better. I'm not sure if I know their corners off the top of my head. Uh, Shaquille Griffin's one of them. Shaquille That's Griffin, I... he has a sick Madden card. But okay, we're not Madden here to talk about Madden. I'm gonna mm, okay, buddy. Whatever. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, Trey Walker though. Exciting to see him. He's shown flashes of why he was the number one pick. Uh, I wouldn't say that his performance this year, uh, show that he was warranted for number one. But there have been flashes throughout the season of, of what he could become, and he could be very, 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 very good. Very good. Any so opinions on this? No, sorry. Yeah. No, not really. You guys hit it all. Like they they have a good future. Probably like Zach said, corners, sick, like secondary help, and then maybe even like an offensive lineman here or there. Like everyone can use an offensive lineman. So I was just about to say that they have. Who do I mean, Jag- oh, dude, the Jags have a uh, Tyson Campbell. That's who it is. Oh, they did draft him out of Georgia. What was that? Was he the first pick in the second round? I don't know. I'm, I'm look, I'll look. He was, he was up there. But yeah, he was. He wasn't bad. Um, he's uh, He was tied for ninth in interceptions, which isn't terrible. He had a, yeah, no, he was, he was a solid corner. Uh, he's young, too, so that's great for them. A lot of their team is young overall, so development is key there. Especially, I think, with Doug Peterson being there, I th- especially for Trevor Lawrence, I think. Uh, the odds of most of their players developing well are good, and I'm I'm very happy. If I'm a Jags fan, I'm excited for sure. I think yeah, you definitely yeah. have to be because you went from Urban Meyer, which was a train wreck in the NFL, yep. um, to a, a a known um, head coach at at the helm of your of your franchise, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, Urban Meyer, he obviously had a great college career uh, at Ohio State. Um, but obviously we saw that transition didn't, it didn't work yeah. out too well. And, um, and he definitely, people who judged Trevor Lawrence last season, uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, they went, they, they had what, three wins, um, two wins, whatever it was. Yeah. They had Urban Meyer. You saw this yep. year. And obviously I, I do believe Doug Peterson's a great coach. Obviously he won a ring for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Yes, with, uh, but <laughs> I was gonna um, say, I was gonna say that as soon as you got done talking, mind you, he's a Super Bowl head coach, winning yeah. head coach. Yeah, and and he so he knows how to he knows how to build build a franchise, and and like Zach said, you you got to be really excited to be around. Um, if you're a Jags fan, you have to be really really excited. Trevor Lawrence is gonna get the best. They're, they're gonna build around him. Clearly, they already have. They signed Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram. They have Calvin Ridley coming in. Travis Etienne was drafted. I mean, that was an Urban Meyer pickup, but you know what I mean. Like they're they're building around him. Um, he he knows what he's doing. My point. Doug Peterson knows what he's doing. He's not some 
you know, some first year guy that you don't really know what's going to happen. So, um, but not saying first year head coaches are bad moving into um, the next game of the weekend Eagles versus Giants. Now, um, I I will, I will say pretty brief on this one because obviously uh, it was a blowout and Switz being the Eagles fan will talk your ear off about it. Um, The, this game, uh, like I said last week, the Eagles were going to win. Um, didn't think it was going to be this dominant. Uh, I figured they would have win by, you know, I, I forgot what I made my score prediction. I probably should have, we, we should have wrote those down. We will this time. Um, but I didn't think it was going to be that dominant. Um, but the Eagles really brought it. They showed that that, that bye week was necessary. Jalen Hurts looked healthy. He looked good. Uh, the, whole, the, whole, the team as a whole, um, they just dominated the line of scrimmage. Uh, both sides of the ball, um, you know, big offensive line guys. So I pay attention to the line of scrimmage here. Um, and, you know, Brian Dable being a first-year first, first year head coach, um, they uh, overachieved their expectations. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people had them, you know, having anywhere between like six win like – in a six-win range, six-seven. Um, I, so I, I, saw, I saw a couple – a lot of two and 15 – three and 14 really? predictions too. I saw a lot of really, really bad. So honestly, even better. Um, Brian Dable found a way to pull the pieces together. Um, and they obviously made, they not only made the playoffs, which was impressive in and of itself, but they went and won up it. They and won, a playoff, won a playoff game against the number three seed Vikings. Now a little right? bit fraudulent. So a little bit fraudulent of a three seed, you know, but a playoff team is a playoff team. It's hard playoff to make the playoffs playoff NFL. Um, but nonetheless, they were a six seed. They won a playoff game. Brian Dable is a great coach, and I'm excited to see what he does in the future. Um, and you know, he has a year under his belt now, and and um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how they handle the Danny franchise and Saquon Bar- Barkley and. Um, you know, some of those free agents that need signing um, and, and what happens there. Um, but, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll switch. I'll let you take that away. Switch before you start, um, before, I mean, switch before you go, I mean, I have right. to, I have to, a little bit of disrespect to Tyson Campbell. Tyson Campbell is a, I have to go back to the Jags. I'm sorry. Tyson Campbell is a very, very good cornerback. And I said he was pretty solid. He spoke. He's very good. Very, very good corner. And you know what the Jags have? They have Foya Sada Luwakon. I know we're big loyal. That was a Lewis good fans. signing for them. That was big a good fans signing of that for guy. Them. Oh. Big fan. He was on Atlanta last year, right? I don't remember exactly. I, I believe so. Right. so it's... Good man. But yeah, yeah, sorry, that was a good to... signing. Show my respect to Tyson Campbell. Very, very good corner. Very young. Gonna be a top guy. Okay, sorry. You can go back to the Eagles. Go Birds. No. I mean, yeah, like Dan said. Eagles are going to win. I didn't. I even as an Eagles fan didn't think it was going to be thirty-eight-seven. I like I had thirty-eight, but I definitely thought the Giants were going to put up more points. But our our defense looked really good, which is happy from happy uh, for me to see that, especially with the 49ers coming up. And yeah, Hertz looked really good. Um, offensive line looked healthy again. Lane Johnson looked really good against uh, his matchups and. Yeah, I'm just excited to see the next game. Like everyone knew that Eagles were going to win the beat the Giants. So, um, James Radbury got his revenge on the Giants and got a pick, which I was very happy about. 
thank you, Giants, for releasing him because he was a very good cornerback, too. Switch, you're forgetting the man, the myth, the legend, giant killer. Boston Scott. I I said it. You mentioned in the last episode that, you know, if you were a betting man, which, once again, we are not. We are college athletes through the NCAA. But you mentioned if you were a betting man, you would bet Boston Scott touchdown. The giant killer strikes again. How do you feel about that? It's actually crazy, I dude. I, what was the stat? He has like twelve career touchdowns against the Giants, and then he like has some ridiculously low, like some ridiculous low number I think of touchdowns against other teams. I'm pretty sure he has. I think it's twelve. Twenty-one touchdowns in the league. Twelve like, tw- are against the Giants right? and nine are against nuts. other teams. That's ridiculous. Which is insane. Nuts. That's crazy. It's absurd. And if that man ever hits free agency, and the Giants <laughs> don't sign him, there's an issue. Because Absolutely. that man, that man terrorizes Giants fans. But yeah, I did Absolutely. say that. I'm happy. I'm happy that I uh, I predicted that and it went well. But yeah, Zach, what are your thoughts on the game? I mean, I kind of not more domination than Chiefs Jags. Uh, I'd say uh, Eagles are obviously <laughs> better. Yeah, okay, Eagles are obviously the much better team from top to bottom. I think almost every position, um, except running back. Um, but I mean, yeah. Jalen Hurts looked healthy. He looked good. He absolutely does support that defense. Uh, run game looked good. O line looked strong. Receivers were locked down. Sorry, corners were locked down. Uh, yeah, it was a great game over over the Eagles. Uh, Giants they just couldn't muster much. Uh, it was tough for them. Uh, why are you guys laughing at me? You're just a cute kid, Zach. Don't worry about it. All right, I appreciate that. But yeah, uh, I mean. No, I can't say much more than you guys already did. Uh, uh, Eagles just the better team. The only people that thought the Giants were going to win were Giants fans and Eagles haters. Um, I would have liked the Giants to win, as I'm anti-Eagle. But, you know, that would have been a pretty crazy upset. But, yeah, that game was probably the most boring of all of them. Uh, so, it is what it is. I guess we're going to move on now. So, next game. Sorry, let me take a step back. What do you guys think is the next step for the Giants? What should they do? Where do they need to improve next the most? I think it's a pretty obvious answer. Um, yeah, I don't know what you guys are gonna say, but definitely wide receiver. Wide That's receiver. like the yeah. glaring, glaring need ever, especially since Kenny Galladay is behind a prod. So many people. Like, li- 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 listen, all right. So, so the Giants from. And it, it's just one game. I understand that. And the Eagles have a very good defense, especially their secondary. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But anytime Richie James is your number one re- uh, receiving threat with seven receptions, 51 yards. Respect and Richie James. Respect hey, the I, man. I, I respect the man. But listen listen to these stats. So Richie James, James seven for 51. Saquon, two for 21. Matt Breida, one for 19. Marcus Johnson, one for 17. Lawrence Cager, one for 16. Dan Bellinger, one for four. Darius Slayton, one for four. Isaiah Hodgins, one for three. That, that is not a stat line you want to see yeah. from your receiver core. Um, and, you know, as we get into the Bills, we'll talk more about receiving core. Um, but <laughs> Isaiah you, you, need, hey, you need to see more production from that group. And um, overall, I mean, Danny Dimes – he had 135 yards and a pick. Um, 
their run game uh, was solid. It wasn't anything crazy. But, I, again, like Swift said, the glaring issue was their receiver core. So if they get a, a bona fide number one receiver um, and just somebody that – like like a veteran, doesn't even have to be like – it could be somebody like – like I think for the Bills, like Emmanuel Sanders from last year. He honestly wasn't our – obviously wasn't our number, uh, number one receiver. We had Stephon Diggs. But Emmanuel Sanders, he was a vet. He knows how to beat zone. He knows how to, you know, toy with a receiver to to beat man coverage. He he just knows things, right? From being in the league for for so long, you know, the average NFL lifespan. It's it's really tough to get the NFL, but the average NFL career is like what what is it? Two years, three years. So if you're in the NFL longer than that, um, and you're consistently playing, um, and and everything like that, it's going to help your football team, especially a young quarterback uh, as Danny Dimes is, assuming they're going to re-sign Danny Dimes, um, which I know uh, they, they, said they definitely have interest in that. I'd say you, I, I'd say you should as well. Um, you gotta got to start building around them, man. The, the receiving core was the obvious issue. Got to fix it. So here's what I have to say. So obviously with receiver, you need receiver. Uh, you see, you've seen what a number one receiver does for quarterbacks like Josh Allen for Jalen Hurts. Um, I mean, the only, only guys that really succeed without number one receivers are, you know, Brady Gold, uh, Pat Mahomes, but, I mean, he has Kelsey. So, I mean, uh, Rodgers seems to do pretty all right without anyone number one. But, you know, Danny Jones is not any of those guys. I think he's a solid starting caliber quarterback, but he's not, you know, a Mahomes, a Brady, a Rodgers. He needs a number one guy. Get him number one guy. Now, we'll take here. If you're the Giants, right, you like Danny Jones. But your coach is Brian Dable, who has shown to be pretty solid at developing quarterbacks. If Anthony Richardson somehow falls to the Giants, do you think they take him? Let him sit a little bit behind yeah. Danny Jones and let Brian Dable develop him. Okay. No. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say no. I and think the reason I switch, you go first. You go first. I yeah, think. I think no, just because of you see, like Daniel Jones had a he had a good year, I'd say. Like he let he him do he let him do playoffs. Yeah, and you you see your glaring needs at receiver, and you see the also you see the draft class next year in quarterbacks with the likes of, uh, I can't think of oh um Caleb Williams. Drake May, like that's going to be an insane quarterback class next year, and you see that this wide receiver class this year is deep. There's a lot of good guys out there like Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, uh, Quentin Johnson. There's a lot of good receivers you can get that will help out the Giants this year. So I think you look there, and then you see what Daniel Jones does next year. And then if there's a receipt or if there's a quarterback in next year's draft class that you're like, we like him, you take a chance there instead of this year. So I I agree. I, I, I don't like I said before, I don't think you go that route and, and try and draft somebody because I also think that puts pressure on Daniel Jones. And not saying he shouldn't be able to to work under pressure, right? I mean it's the NFL, but if you truly believe in him because you're going to pay him, you got to just ride that wave, right? 
good or bad, if if you if the guys in that front office are like, okay, Danny Dimes is our guy, you have to trust that. If you're going to pay him whatever they're going to pay him, you know, twenty million dollars a year or whatever, you have to you have to commit to that. If you draft somebody on a rookie deal, that kind of just lends itself to, okay, well this guy, you know. You know, this this guy's here to take my my job, right? I mean, I know it's a it's a definitely a different situation, um, but having somebody right, you know, right behind you, Tua we saw a couple of years ago with Tua and Fitzmagic. Obviously, Fitzmagic is a seasoned vet, journeyman, Bills legend, um, but <laughs> Tua never really got comfortable, right? He he was never able to actually like do his thing because. They kept just putting in Fitzpatrick, and it, it, he never got into a rhythm, right? So I know it's a different situation because he's a vet compared to a rookie. But, like, I just I just think you got to commit to Daniel Jones or you have to move on from Daniel Jones. I think those, those, it's pretty cut and dry there, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think they should move on from Daniel Jones. I mean, he's improved most almost every year in the NFL. He's got a better coach now. Uh, you see what he's done this year? You've seen what number one receivers do. I think you go receiver. I think you trade. I think they have the 26th pick in the draft or the 23rd or something. Right. Um, that's very plausible to get a, one of the top end guys. It's a great spot if Quentin Johnson falls or if Smith and Jig was there. You can get a solid number one guy very easily. Um, but I think the possibility of them going quarterback are not out of the question. I think it's definitely something they're thinking about. Um, if a, if a guy like Will Levis, and Will Levis is going to fall that far. Anthony Richardson is probably not even going to fall that far. I don't think any of the top end quarterbacks he would want. I'm going to fall that far. Maybe, I'm thinking maybe Richardson does, but Stroud, Young, Levis, Levis, they're not. But if Richardson does, I think you think about taking a chance with him there. Because, I mean, obviously you've seen he has the tools to be amazing. A Josh Allen. I mean, everybody like him is compared to Josh Allen, but he has those kind of physical tools, those athletic, those freaky traits that you look for in, in quarterbacks. So if you're the Giants, I think you look. But I think sticking with Daniel Jones is also probably what they should do and what they're probably going to do. Um, and then I think also secondary, you can revamp the secondary a little bit to put some cornerbacks in the draft. There's some solid, solid guys there. Uh, Switz wants to say something. You know, if only if only the Giants had a cornerback like, hmm, let's see who they just cut in the off season. James Bradbury. Yes, they did have James Bradbury. If only they, they had somebody it. like him. They did. They did. And you know, the Giants are also they're also getting back. Uh, what's his name? Wondell Robinson. I think he was hurt this year. I believe. Yes. Uh, they'll be getting him back. He's solid. He's a good guy. Uh, he'll definitely boost that that core. But you still, you still don't think he's going to be that number one guy. But he's definitely going to look somewhere else. Um, but yeah. So I mean, not again. Not to say about that game. Uh, domination by the Eagles. Uh, so we'll move on to my personal favorite game of the entire afternoon, <laughs> the entire divisional round, the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Buffalo Frauds. Dan Catapio, what? Happened, man. What went on there? Um, can we just take a moment of silence so I can? No, abs- absolutely not. No, stop talking. Please. No. All right. Well, the uh, the Bills um just shit the bed. Uh, simply put, uh, they did not play well in any phase of the game, at any point in the game. Um, Naeem Hines had a couple of decent returns. 
Okay, so if we're looking at the best phase of the game being a couple is of decent turns, that that's an issue. That's an issue. Exactly. I would agree. I'm just saying, man, there were some good things that happened. All right, so listen, listen, listen. All right, so many, most of Bill's Mafia, I'd say most of Bill's Mafia, have been complaining about the offensive play calling all season, um, right? But it's pretty tough to complain about the offensive play calling when you have the second most points per game in the NFL, right? Um, obviously, de- design flaws and everything like that, but we became way too reliant on Josh Allen being a freak of nature as he is and um, bailing out our um, below average offensive line uh, by scrambling, breaking sacks, throwing back across the field while he's rolling out to the right and having some magical 30-yard play um, where the ball actually traveled like 70 yards because of where he was out of the field. Like crazy plays like that, yeah, they're highlight – they're social media quarterback throws. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but he – we became way too reliant on that. Um, Ken Dorsey, our offensive coordinator, first year – as an offensive coordinator, he was our quarterback's coach uh, the past couple of seasons, um, and he was able to learn under Brian Dable. Now, I'm not saying I ever, I agree with every single play call Brian Dable called, but you could tell there was an identity there. Sure, we weren't the best at running the ball those years, but we had an identity, um, and we were able to adjust on the fly. Now, that is something that we lacked this season, and Zach is laughing at me, uh, or at least – smiling at me because he's a Patriots fan and he likes to see it. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, we played like shit, simply put. Um, our defensive scheme of the let's play a soft zone coverage and just kind of hope they don't get yeah, I never really, I never really understood that yeah. when you have Jamar Chase as yeah. a receiver who's yeah. – I didn't agree with that. He's pretty dynamic with the ball in his no. hand. I, I, I uh, did not agree with that either, um, especially there's one third and four, uh, I recall, that uh, we backed the dogs up for no apparent reason. Uh, they need four yards, um, and that could have been a turning point in the game, and instead we let Jamar – and we sent a blitz, and we let Jamar just take a, a quick pass uh, to the sticks, and there was not really contention there. Uh, contestion, I guess. Um, so, yes, our coordinators need work. Uh, I think we probably um, – I don't know if we get rid of Ken Dorsey. Now, I think we probably should. But with it being his first year, he's had history with the Bills. Um, I don't think we do it. I don't think – I think we might – bring in somebody else to be our like passing game coordinator kind of title and, and kind of mentor Ken Dorsey. Maybe it's a veteran, like a, you know, if nobody else comes up like Frank Reich, do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Something like that, but it's no secret. Our offense needs work. Um, mm-hmm. Our, I'll, I'll, I'll finish up quick. I promise. I'm sorry, but just yeah, grinds my gears, man. No, I understand. The Bengals, the Bengals pressure Josh Allen on. Uh, I saw the stat earlier. I believe it was thirty-two or thirty-three percent of dropbacks. Now we didn't have the ball that much um, because 
the Bengals were having long sustained drives and, and going from there. So <laughs> being pressured on 33% of the drop dropbacks, um, I don't remember, I, I, I forget how many times we were sacked, but uh, it was, uh, it was more than my liking. Uh, Allen at least getting hit was more than my liking. Um, there was no, there was no offensive scheme to slow down the pass rushers from just flying upfield. Um, you know, a chip from Dawson Knox, um, you know, just, just something so minor and small. I think I, I talked about that last week, something so minor like that could have made the world of difference, but he had no time. He had absolutely no time. Um, so embarrassing is a word, uh, I don't like to throw around often, um, but uh, unfortunately, oh, it, was absolutely, it was absolutely embarrassing. I, I find myself uh, calling that embarrassing. Now, do I think we're frauds? Um, no, because we won 13 regular season games uh, out of 16. Um, no, out of I'm a math guy. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good ratio or a pretty good fraction there. Out of 17 games. We didn't play a 17th game, buddy. Yeah, oh, my God. 17. I am – you were right. I apologize. Bad take. Mm. Sorry. Uh, apology fault. accepted. Um, we won a playoff game. Uh, granted, it wasn't the greatest. But nonetheless, again, we talked about it. You won a playoff game. Um, moving forward. Um, so, do I think we were frauds? No. Uh, we still had a very successful season. Um, not that injuries are an excuse, but we lost Micah Hyde, All-Pro. We lost Von Miller, Hall of Famer. Those things sting, man. Um, offensively, I think we need, 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 need. I cannot stress that enough. We need to find an identity on offense. We can't just run like we're playing Madden and run four verts mm-hmm. every goddamn play. Mm-hmm. Sorry. We can't do it. We cannot do it. Um it's really aggravating. I want to see so, – so looking into next year, and, and this is my last point so you guys can speak, I'm sorry. I want to see an offense, an offensive scheme where sometimes, kind of like Justin Herbert, kind of like hmm, every other solid mobile quarterback in the NFL, including what Brian Dable did with, with Daniel Jones this season and every other year he was with the Bills, be able to move the pocket. We talk about it so much. If you're just sitting back in the pocket, you let those pass rushers fly upfield. You let all of the um, guys in coverage move back. No, you want to move the pocket. You want to have Josh Allen rolling out. That's his strength. You and not just on a quarterback sweep. Every once in a while, is okay, but you know, it's not getting them killed. Mm-hmm. Move the pocket. Have them roll out. Have a receiver kind of give a crack back chip block and then go for a route. Dawson Knox, he could have been a huge factor this year, like he was last year. But guess what? He really wasn't because we didn't have any of those kind of kind of like flood concepts. Rolling out to the right on a corner or, or deep out sort of thing. Like we just didn't have any of that. So I want to see moving the pocket. I want to see improved offensive line. I want to see um, either a step forward from somebody like Khalil Shakir to be our number one, a number two receiver. Um or Gabe Davis needs to stop dropping the ball with a 50% drop rate, 52% drop rate, whatever it was. That is absolutely atrocious. This guy hates Gabe Davis. No, 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 oh. no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate Gabe Davis. However, Gabe Davis just needs to catch the ball. 
Um, and I know I'm saying that from sitting uh, on my couch, uh, you know, as a Division three athlete, not even in football. I understand I'm saying that. But listen, man, you're getting paid however much you're getting paid. Catch the ball, please. I beg of you. I beg of you. I will give you a dollar for every catch. I'll Venmo you, man. And just give me your Venmo. I'm sure, I'll do it. I'm sure Gabe Davis <laughs> will catch more balls if you Venmo him a dollar every time. I'm sure that is a great incentive for him. And he'll have to accept I, it. I believe, I believe that's the case, too. So that's why I'm offering it. So Gabe Davis, if you're, uh, if you're watching this or listening to this right now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find yourself listening to this, I, Dan Cantafio, will give you $1 for every catch you make in the, tw- I'm sorry, 2023 season. <laughs> and I will end end my Bills segment there. Is the Buffalo Bills window closing? No, we have a lot of work to do um, in the salary cap, um, but Brandon Bean will work his magic, restructure here, whatever else, move, move the pieces in the puzzle. That's way above my freaking pay grade. I'm done talking about the Bills. Well, there you have it. Uh, the only thing that Bills need to do to get better is let Dan pay them a dollar. And it's done. They're good. Make it back to the bowl. Make it to the Super Bowl. Now, Dan, hold on. Before you end your Bills oh. rant, whatever you want to call it, I have one question. Since you brought it up, what do you what do you want to see the Bills do in the offseason with the draft, free agency? What do you want – them to do well um i'm not um super huge into college football like all the prospects and stuff kind of like you two are um as you know that um so you know you guys can throw around all these names i know some of the bigger names um obviously the bills don't have a super high draft pick and everything like that i think um our number one issue to be tackled in the draft should be wide receiver, especially even if it's just for depth purpose, right? We, there were plenty of games where we only had like four or five receivers suit up period. And, and for a team that passes the ball as much as we do, unacceptable. And Stefan Diggs, if we didn't have Stefan Diggs, man, I mean, obviously you can say that about any kind of X factor player like that, but Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen collectively made up for an absurd amount of play calling mishaps, um, broken plays. Like they just, those two made up for so much. We need a number two receiver that can consistently get separation against man coverage, uh, can find holes in zones. Our short passing game needs to be there, but that's more scheme and from our offensive coordinator than it is the, the players individually. Um, and outside of, um, receivers, we need to fix our offensive line. We, the past couple of years in the draft, we got Kyrie Elam, we signed Von Miller, we got, um, we brought back Shaq Lawson, we got, we drafted AJ Epinesa, Boogie Basham, Greg Rousseau, all these guys, Matt Milano, we spent the, we, we, we spent the the money on the defensive side of the ball and the picks. We need to focus a little bit into the offense. We have to build around Josh Allen a little bit because we cannot expect him to just be superhuman every chance he gets 
and just expect expect the best from him. All right. right. Well, so we need to you know, get an offensive line. Sub, this, the Bills um, so I, I, I would anticipate us taking at I least say, two offensive uh, I mean, linemen in the draft. Season, I remember who like, your first game was, whoever that was. I remember Josh Allen absolutely slicing them apart. Um, really structured offense. I remember it being uh, they played through the scheme. And then all of a sudden, a little bit, like after the few, first few weeks, that they, they stopped and it went to strictly Josh Allen hero ball and Josh Allen do this, Josh Allen do that, Josh Allen run, Josh Allen throw deep bomb, Josh Allen this. Um, they got away from what worked for them. I'm not saying that Josh Allen playing hero ball doesn't always work. Cause it does sometimes because he's that good of a quarterback. Uh, so this, this talk that Josh Allen is no longer top five quarterback, this dialogue is ridiculous. It needs to stop. He's very clearly top five, if not top three. Um, but that that's a conversation for another day. But yeah, uh, the Bills. I would agree with you. And they don't have an identity anymore. They got away from whatever they did have and what worked. Um, so I think their number one step in their offseason is to um, find that find that identity. So speaking of identity, um, what is wrong with the Dallas Cowboys? What do they need to do to fix themselves? Because they, though the score was the score was what twelve to nineteen nineteen twelve against the Niners. Uh, they did not look like a good team. Uh, they did not. Their defense looked all right. Again, uh, like I said in the last episode, get to Brock Purdy makes the game a lot easier for you. You have some um, and make things difficult. However, they did that, but your quarterback, your franchise guy, Dak Prescott, did not play like a franchise quarterback. And I am one of the biggest Dak defenders. I think he's a, a good quarterback, but he is making it a little bit more difficult to keep defending. Uh, especially when he plays like he did in the game. So I don't think there's much to say about this game. We've been talking about these games for a while. We want to move on. But um, the Cowboys have some work to do. They have some soul searching to do. Do they stick with Dak? Do they move on? I think they give him a go again. Uh, CD's young. I think you have to move on from Zeke. But, again, sucks to see with Pollard. That's a brutal injury that he had. A brutal injury that Tony Pollard had uh, that sucked. Don't want to see that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Yes, the Zeke. Zeke, that play at the end of the game was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. Speaking uh, of Zeke. I had just tweeted, actually, during the game to make Zeke a fullback, and then that happened. So um, I rescind that take. Uh, I disagree. Terrible idea. Yeah. Do not make Zeke a fullback. Just don't give him the ball ever again. Uh, and let Tony run. Because Tony was their best player that entire game. And you could see the tides turning as soon as he went down. Uh, however, the Niners, <laughs> they looked great. Uh, they Their defense was ridiculous. Uh, absurd. Brock Purdy did not look like the guy that game. Uh, he did what we had to do to win. No picks. A few drop picks, if I remember correctly. Uh, but, mm-hmm. like, most people know Brock Purdy is not going to be a Mahomes or even uh, a Herbert or even, like, a Kyler or even a Dak. Uh, Dak's probably his ceiling, I would say. Like, a Dak type quarterback is his ceiling. Or, you know, as they say, Kirk Cousins. Um, but he did what they, he did what he had to do to win. Uh, I think a, t- a much tougher test is coming up in, in Philly for him. If Philly can replicate what Dallas did and got get to Purdy and make it difficult for him, I think they absolutely dominate that game, and they will they will beat the Braves off of the Niners. Uh, I want the Niners to win, but I th- I picked Niners to go to the Bowl um, and win it all. But I think I think I'm gonna have to I think I might go to the Eagles to be honest with you. But I'm not gonna lock it in just yet. Uh, guys, quick thoughts on the game. Anything you want to say? Um, I mean, yeah, the 
49ers defense looked as all we thought. Like they looked really good. Um Nick Bosa like, looked like, really like, good. Like, and their corners we were we said they had to be they had to be there. As a were. former center, um, Dan, what could yeah, exactly. Yeah, what, that Z what play did was do wrong going back to it was just terrible. Please never do it again. Dan, as a former center as a former center, Dan, what could he have done better? <laughs> like what could he have done besides just not be well, there? Uh, well, I'm not going to lie. Um, I have uh, mainly in practice, but uh, once in a game, um, I've had my fair share of snaps that went over the the head. <laughs> um, I was very worried. Not really, because I really don't care about the Cowboys. I don't care for them uh, because they beat the Bills in two Super Bowls even before I was alive. However, I don't really care about the Cowboys. They are not America's team. Anyways, that's besides the point. Um, I was worried that he was going to snap it right over his head, right over Dak's head. Um and, and I just don't understand. Like, they were just praying that they wouldn't rush Dak. Um, with the game on the line, you back up everybody, and you you don't think they're going to rush one guy that Zeke's not going to be able to block? Like, it's not like you can cut block. You're not you're not as a running back right there. You're, you're a lineman there. It is illegal to cut block when it's not the first movement, right? So it was just that was atrocious, man. I, I just I I don't fully understand the the thought process. And he threw a ten yard uh, in or slant of sorts that got blown up immediately. Um, clearly, that was not the design. Um, however, they clearly did not do a good enough job disguising that for the, the Niners' defense. Now, again, I think the Niners were the better team. Um, I don't think they move on from Dak. Uh, I don't think the Cowboys move on from Dak. The Niners are a very good team. Brock Purdy did enough to win. Um, I think they have a tall task going up against the Eagles, but guess what? To be the best, you got to beat the best. You're in the NFC Championship. You're going for you're going for a ring. You're going to have to take some lumps, you know, and mm-hmm. and the Niners defense. Absolutely. Uh, um, all right. You know, so they're going to have to carry. That's the recap um, for the division and, round. And we're going to go quickly into our predictions, more, but, go through them um, so fast, and get on to some um, coaching hires and interviews. Cowboys, so, Cowboys. so oh, wow, sorry. Uh, I'm not sure what the, the order of the games are, to be honest with you. I don't really remember. Uh, but we have Chiefs, Bengals, Mahomes, Christmas, Burrow, and we have the Eagles, Niners. Uh, Hurts and actually, it hurts in pretty rematch from college. So, Chiefs, Bengals. Uh, what do you guys think? What is going to happen? Listen, this is going to be a an absolute great game. Um, earlier in the season, the Bengals won by three, uh, I believe, against the Chiefs. Um, I anticipate it being a very similar game. Um, honestly, I can see a score being the exact same. Like, I, I – they – I mean, two top three quarterbacks in the NFL, no doubt, no debate. Um, they're both just unbelievable to watch go to work. Um, I think, and both supporting cats around them are great. Obviously, Mahomes has Travis Kelsey, Joe Burrow has Jamar Chase. Um, I, I think it's gonna be an absolutely incredible game. I don't know who I think is gonna win. Um, I don't know who I even want to win as a Bills fan. I, I don't. I think my ego will hurt either way. I don't know which way. I don't. I don't know which way will hurt worse. Um, a big part of me doesn't want to see Mahomes go to another Super Bowl, um, but do I want Joe Burrow to go back to back? But I like Joe Burrow more than Mahomes. See, this is what I'm going through. I don't know. 
I'm very indecisive when it comes to this. I think it's going to be one hell think, of a game. Who, who do you think wins then? Who do I think wins? I could see it being a three-point game either way. Hell, I could see it being a one-point game either way. Like, that's why I don't know. Like, I don't even have – I don't have – Make your pick, Dan, right now. Make your pick. If you don't pick in 10 mm. seconds, Josh Allen never plays for the Bills again. 10, All right. 9, All right. All right. 8, All right. 7. I'm going to say six. the Bengals pull it out. Oh. I know. I know. I know. Okay. All right, Siri. Relax, please. Um, <laughs> I think the I think the Bengals pull it out again, man. Burrow's never lost to Mahomes. I just, man, it's it, the Bengals have a receiving core that I don't think any secondary in the NFL can keep up with, including the Niners, including the the Eagles, right? If, if you try and double Jamar Chase, okay, guess what? You're going to go to T. Higgins, which would probably be a number one receiver on majority of the, the team's the NFL. Okay. Uh, T. Higgins, somehow, somehow, it's not, if you want to somehow double cover both Jamar and T. Higgins, oh, look at that. Tyler Boyd is a very solid receiver. Hayden Hurst is a great tight end. You saw him hurdle, um, I think, Jordan Poyer last week. Um they have a running game with Joe Mixon, and, and even when it's not super flashy, it gets the job done. I mean, they ran all, all over the Bills, but our defense line was getting washed. Um, but I, I just – I see Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty, I just see him playing some of his best football he's probably ever played. Um, I see the Bengals pass rush getting to Mahomes and especially a hobbled Mahomes, um, and I can see him um, – I can see him getting into a pick. Um, getting into a pick. Wow, that's not English. I can see him getting <laughs> himself into a compromising situation where he ends up just throwing a pick, trying to throw a 50-50 ball. Um, I just see the Bengals as the overall better team. I'm probably going to eat my words. I'll bite the bullet. I don't care. I think the Bengals win. I like Joe Burrow and Mahomes. Uh you know, quickly, I think I think Chiefs take it. Um, even with Hollow Mahomes, I think the Bengals magic runs out. And for the sake of Eli Apple's demise, I I wanted the Bengals to win. I wanted them to, but I I literally yeah. that guy is unbearable. I cannot listen. I can't. His tweets make me want to rip my hair out. It's unbelievable. I can't see that guy. I need the, I need him. I need I need. I pray that like Martis Valving Scantling goes for one fifty two tighties on his dome and he just shuts up and never speaks again because I can't take it. The dude thinks what, what about he's. You? He, maybe Juju, I, who, I don't care. Whoever, <laughs> yeah, I'd rather tic, I'd rather I'd rather Juju TikTok dance in the end zone than watch the or read another Eli Apple tweet. It's unbelievable. Um, it's he is like he is like who is he like? He reminds me of Pat Bev, I think. In I was going to say actual 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 talent and perceived talent. Those two guys. Think they are the best player. I mean, which is a great mentality. You know, you want to, you got to think you're the best to be the best, whatever, whatever, whatever. But they think they are so much better than their on the field performance to show. I cannot stand it. I hate Eli Apple. Uh, I hope he never plays this time in the NFL again. Uh, I hope he ever tweets again. And I hope that Juju Scantling, I hope, you know, I know, I hope Kadarius Tony goes for 200 yards and two touchdowns on Eli Apple and just absolutely suns him. And that is my prediction. My, that's my prediction. Chiefs win 45 to 38. 
Canary's Tony, sons Eli Apple, and he never tweets again. You know, I'm going to agree with Dan here. I think Joe Burrow stays perfect against uh, Patrick Mahomes, and I think the Bengals win 30-27. I think this is going to be the game that everyone expects. It's going to be a really good back-and-forth game. But I, like Dan said, I think the receiving core of the Bengals, along with Joe Mixon, are too much for the Chiefs. And Mahomes being injured is a is a factor that we have to take into. And I think they win 30-27. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Mahomes being injured is, is a little worrisome, but I think he'll be all right. I think he'll be fine. All right, well, moving in next round. Uh, again, quickly. Eagles, Niners, uh, switch you being an Eagles homer. I already know you're going to pick Eagles, but I think I, th- I am going to stick to my day one prediction of the Niners. What, Dan? What is so funny that you need to laugh at me? No, no, no. It's it's nothing at you. <clears throat> I uh, I just I got a really funny, really funny text. I'm sorry. Very texting in the podcast, Dan. This is ridiculous. This is upset. I, I didn't text. I'm I upset. Didn't text. We were, we are get we are gonna listen, have a listen, conversation. Listen, no, 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 no. Listen, 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 listen. I have a MacBook, man. I didn't turn off notifications, and one just popped up. And, <laughs> we are uh, gonna have I'm a conversation. Very... Listen, listen, I'm very sorry. I'm very unprofessional, but I'm not getting paid for this. So I, uh, I am uh, by definition I literally, I literally, I literally pay you, and I, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to discuss you. <laughs> oh, what what are you taking out of the, uh, the Dan the Dan Catafio, Gabe Davis 2023 catch fund for that money that yes, we were paying? Hey, yes. hey, no, you, that is yes. specific to Gabe Davis, my man. No, it's that mine. Is, it's that mine is now. a sacred it's, it's fund. The Zach, it's the Zach Anderson Dan Hater money. That's what it is. No, All right, exactly. Moving I will, on. Zach, I will Dan, he's going to take it out of the, the, uh, PS5, the PS5 control. All right. Oh, no. Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. Backstory. Backstory. Whenever I play video games, I break my controllers. So my roommates were gracious <laughs> enough to provide me with a PS5 controller fund. And any spare change we acquire, we put into the funds. However, there is about 27 cents in there. So I am quite ways away no, from... There is plenty. I'm there was more after, than 27 after. cents. There's a dollar. There's a dollar max. There's a dollar that's, max. That's one Gabe Davis catch for Dan. Oh my god! I don't give a uh, okay. go on. We're, we gotta move matter. forward, man. We're talking. We do so need to move long. forward. Yes, right. I'm. I'm gonna stick with my my prediction from the beginning. Niners over Eagles. I'm gonna go. I get. I don't know. I, I really think. Ugh, whatever. I'm gonna go Niners Eagles. I think the only way the Niners win is they keep it, it relatively low scoring. So I'm gonna go 20, 21, mm, 24-21 Niners with it. I think Brock Purdy two touchdowns. I like that score. I do too. Um, I, I like, like I said, I like, I like the score 24, 21. Um, I, it definitely can go both ways. Um, I think I, I hate to say it. I think the Eagles defense gets to Purdy, um, a bit more than, um, than the Cowboys defense did. Um, I, I think they, they make things a little bit more. I think they make it a little bit rougher for him, man. I do. I, Obviously, it can go both ways. I said it 36,000 times on the first podcast. It's playoff football. Anything can happen. Any given Sunday kind of mentality. I think the Eagles win it. I think the Eagles win it 24-21. I think Jalen Hurts' experience, I think that comes as a major factor. And the way they can run the – I mean, 
again, uh, the, the Niners can run the ball very well, too, with Christian McCaffrey, um, Elijah Mitchell, Debo, right? But I think the the offensive line of the Eagles will control the line of scrimmage. The defensive line of the um, of the Eagles will control the line of scrimmage with probably the exception of whoever is <laughs> over Trent Williams, um, which, you know, that's just game over in my opinion. Um, I just I, – I, it's a battle of the line of scrimmage. Playoff football, here, here are the keys to playoff football, right? Dominant line of scrimmage and win the turnover battle. That's it. <laughs> that, that's really it. So I can see there being more mistakes made from Brock Purdy, maybe a pick. Maybe they can cause a fumble, like a strip sack or something of those sorts. I can see that happening more than a Jalen Hurts pick because of his mobility, because of the run game they have behind him, because they have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. I mean, Devontae Smith, Heisman Trophy winner. He could be a number one receiver at literally probably 20 NFL teams. Um, like, I just I, – I feel that they will make less mistakes. Therefore, I'm taking the Eagles, 24-21. It, no, you guys said it perfectly. Um, I think the Eagles dominate the line of scrimmage, and they win. I say 21-17. I think the Eagles win it. They get it done. Go to the Super Bowl. All right, so super weird. Um, we did the entire podcast uh, all in one take because, you know, super authentic. But for some reason, my entire audio and video got cut out. Um, and I really have no idea why that happened. Um, it's just me too. Dan and Switz were completely fine. So I kind of sold the bag there. So this is just going to be kind of a retake, I guess. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, we're going to retake what we said before, briefly go over what we talked about, which sucks because it was very funny and hilarious. And you guys really, really laughed at it and thought we were the funniest guys ever. Unfortunately, now you can't see we our are authenticity. We are the funniest so. guys ever. We, we are. There's not so. many people funnier than us. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, so I guess we're just gonna have to do it again. So what we what we left off on was um, our predictions for the Super Bowl. So we're gonna quickly, briefly go over um, coaching hires and some interviews that have been going on throughout the league. Um, I think the biggest news and the most outright news, as I talked about before, but I will reiterate again, is Bill O'Brien to the Patriots. Um, been there before. You can see what he can do as an offensive coordinator. Uh, what he could do at Bama. Um, very, very excited to have him back. I'm so sick and tired of watching Matt Patricia call dog crap plays every single time the Patriots play. Um, absolutely no creativity, nothing at all to help Mac Jones out. So we got somebody who knows how to call plays, who can help develop Mac Jones, and I'm very excited to have him on the squad. However, it does lessen our chance at D-Hop, which does kind of stink since D-Hop hates Bill O'Brien. Um, so that's a little bit unfortunate, but I am very excited to have Bill O'Brien on the team, and I'm excited to see what Mac can do. And if Mac sucks this year, I'm saying we kick him out, and he's done. Um, I never really was a big Mac Jones uh, fanatic to begin with. No, uh, I, actually, you, I actually took a shower. Yeah. I took a fully clothed shower the day he was drafted. Yes. Um, hopped in there fully clothed and sulked in the terrible draft pick. Um, Zach, yeah, are you so going very, to? Yes. Ooh, sorry, uh, are you going to miss the screens on first down from Matt Patricia's play? No, no, are you going to miss the screens on third and 18? That, yeah, well, that my too, favorite thing, but no, also my favorite the first thing, and 10 my f- 
first play, just screen pass. You're not gonna miss no, that. No, it's 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 run, run, screen pass. It's, it's, it's three and out. It's run, run, screen pass, three and out, or screen pass, run, run, and then try to throw it up to somebody. Terrible, awful. Uh, no creativity at all. Um, our offense line isn't even good enough to run the ball like that. Um, we got rid of our best blocking receiver in Nikhil Harry, so like we don't even know what we're trying to do screen passes for, or run the. I don't. It, terrible, dude. It's a mess. Um, is just a fraud. I'm very happy we didn't make the playoffs because I'd have to see him call plays on the biggest stage, which would have been a joke and an embarrassment for the entire NFL as a whole. Because um, if you saw, if you were, if you'd never watched football before, and the first game you ever saw was Matt Patricia's. Pay- uh, just Patriots, you would never watch a game again, and I would not blame you. So, I'm very excited now to hopefully have some more creativity and um, experience on the offensive side of the ball. Um, yeah. So that's my little Patriots rant there. Uh, now we're going to talk about, I mean, there isn't, nobody's really been hired yet outside of Jim Schwartz for the Browns. Um, you know, he's been there before. You guys have any thoughts about, about that hiring? I mean, I think he's, he's a good defensive mind, obviously, and, um, I honestly did not hear about it until we were talking about it. Um, I, I didn't like, you know, I'm active on, on NFL Twitter kind of thing and I did not see it. Um, so that kind of went under the radar, especially for a former head coach, um, in the NFL. Um, I mean, I, you usually, 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 uh, cannot go wrong with having a former head coach. Um, especially one, he, he was a head coach for at least he was a little bit. He was right? a, like he, he was the DC for the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah. It was he yeah. Was he the was DC. The, Dan. He was the Doug sorry, Pearson's DC. Yeah, he was so, with the Lions in like 2009, I think. For like a yeah, that's what I thought. Like I, I, when I think Jim was Schwartz, I, I picture him the head coach in the Lions. Mm-hmm. So, he went from um, yeah, I think been, outside of that, he's been the D coordinator. He was the Bill. He's on the Bills, wasn't he? I believe. I believe I he was believe, part of the Bills. I believe yes, so. Yes, he was, I believe. I think only for like a year or two. And then he was on the Titans. And I think he went, I think he was actually originally on the Titans as a DC. And I think he went to the to the uh, Lions and then the Bills and then the Titans, question mark? I don't know. But yeah, I think the the, Bill, the Browns need a defensive revamp. They look pretty terrible this year. Um so I think it's a great hiring for them. Um, other news, really, there's not too much. There's been a lot of interviews, a lot of names thrown around. You know, Blind Flores, Nick, Nick Haley, uh, Sean Payton's been thrown around a lot. I'm really excited to see where he goes. That's going to be nuts wherever he lands. Um, I think I'd like to see him on the Broncos. I think. And D'Amico Ryan's is another name. Yeah. Frank Wright. So where do you, you know, think some D'Amico Ryan's going to go? Where do you guys think D'Amico Ryan's goes? I don't know. Goes? I really have no idea. So far, he's interviewed with Cardinals. Texans. And uh, the Texans, maybe? Yeah, and then the Broncos as well. I'd like um, to see him on the Texans. So, I don't know. Texans, yeah, they, they yeah. Really, Especially with very... whatever quarterback that they pick at two, because we all assume that the Bears are going to go defensive line, pick one, or if they trade it. I don't know what they'll do with that pick. But... Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I, I think the... Yeah, Demi- the main coach that we're not really talking about yet is Sean Payton. Where do you think he's going to go? I mean, the Saints are asking for multiple first-round picks. Um, last I saw, they're, they're asking for multiple You know, he's first asking round for first-rounders. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, wherever he goes. I like to say, I just said I like to see him on the Broncos. Yeah, I think be great Broncos, Broncos, I think, too. Um, Broncos defense is already stacked. Um, they're playing really well. Great defense. A lot of talent there. Justin Simmons, most underrated player. Most underrated Zach, safety I- in the league. Sorry, on on your list, like, do you have where he's actually interviewed for? I think the Colts are another. Yeah, team. yeah, 
he has interviewed with the um, Cardinals, the Panthers, the Broncos, um, and that's all I have on here. And yeah, Broncos, Cardinals. Actually, I think the most likely team he goes to is probably Panthers. the Broncos. I mean, obviously they have to accommodate that's what I, I like the Saints. What uh, what the Saints are asking for. So I agree with you on that. Um, I, I was trying to, you know, once you named off those teams, I was thinking like, oh, maybe one, another one would spark, kind of pique my interest a little bit there. And it just didn't. I think the Broncos, for, for all the reasons you mentioned, I'm not going to go back into them. Like that would be yeah. a really good fit for Sean Payton and, and being able to get a head coach, a Super Bowl winning head coach um, who has as much experience as he does um, mm-hmm. with a, a veteran quarterback like Russell Wilson, man, which obviously had a down year this year. That, that would be a, yeah. With again a very yeah. solid defense, that would be a very very good, yeah, uh, yeah. good combo. It'd be similar to, combo. to Drew Brees in New Orleans, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, different style quarterbacks, but I think he saw what he could do. Wait, Drew wait, wait. Brees, can, New, even... New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans. Yeah, it's man. New Orleans. Oh my god, dude, who cares, man? Who cares? You literally call that's like that's pop like instead of Oregon this is versus. Oregon. Okay, it is pop, man. It is pop. Okay, Don't not, give me that. We're not gonna. We're not gonna do this. We're not gonna do this. It or is elementary. Anyway. Okay, that's fair. Oh, who cares? Who cares? Sean Payton, the Broncos would be sweet. I like that a lot. Moving on from Sean Payton. Um, <laughs> so now we're going to go into our NFL season award winner predictions without the betting favorite, as I said before. So for MVP, for example, the favorite is Pat Mahomes. So when we pick, our, pick who we think is going to win, it cannot be Patrick Mahomes. So... Um, my pick is Justin. It's not Justin Jefferson. My fault. Uh, my pick would be Jalen Hurts, because of what he's able to do. Um, really broke out, uh, carried that team on his back, especially with his legs and his passing improved. I know one of his knacks was the ability to pass in the middle of the field, and he did it a lot better this season. I mean, obviously it helps having AJ Brown and Devontae Smith in your team, but I think he really, really improved and he threw for uh, how many yards did he have? Switch? Did he have four thousand? Was he four thousand oh, yard passer? Or was he close um... to it? I don't. I don't think he. Hit, I don't think he hit four thousand. But I don't think rushed, so. I, I think his total yards is over four thousand, and then he had all those touchdowns, a bunch of rushing. Uh, definitely, definitely would be my pick for MVP. I think if he stays healthy, he has a legitimate argument for winning. By he had if Hurts is healthy, but he had thirty-seven hundred yards passing. Okay, yeah, so he definitely, 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 and seven hundred and sixty yards rushing. Yeah, with yeah, that's crazy. Um, Twenty-two touchdowns to six interceptions for passing, and thirteen rushing touchdowns. Yeah, that's a crazy. That's 13. a super good uh, touchdown interception ratio. Ton of rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he's my pick for for him. I will say, yesterday when we recorded the our first take, our what we thought was going to be the only take of this podcast, it was before um, the AP, um, yeah, uh, votes came finalists, in. So yeah, today the they came out. Um, so the finalists for the MVP are. Obviously, Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts, Allen, Justin Jefferson. Now, Justin Jefferson being MVP, it's it, it ain't happening. For him to be recognized yeah, is incredible. Um, pretty, I, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely gonna get a hope. Was away. was was Cup was Cup of Finals last year? I believe so, right? No, I I don't think. I think so. I read. I think I read that AP changed the like not requirements, but they changed the. Um, they changed it from three finalists to five finalists this year. Okay. So, I mean, that, that could... Sense, but, yeah. But, I, no, I agree with Zach. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is... the. You could definitely make an argument for Joe Burrow. Um, 
but I think Jalen Hurts being the quarterback of the number one uh, seed in the NFC, um, obviously we got to take into account this is it's a regular season alone award. So Jalen Hurt, I, I think the only reason you could make an argument for for Burrow over Hurts for the number two, I mean obviously Mahomes blows blows out of the water, in my opinion, um, is because Hurts missed a couple of games, right? So his stats yeah. aren't all there. Um, but as Switch just read, I mean, 13 rushing touchdowns is absolutely absurd for a quarterback. For for a, yeah. a running back, too, 13 rushing touchdowns would be, wow, ridiculous, awesome yeah. year. Um, but uh, Jalen Hurts being quarterback of a 14-win team, right, Switch? So 14-win team, number one season in the NFC. 14-3, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, compared to Joe Burrow um, on the 10-win no, what am I talking about? Jesus, sorry. Twelve win, um, uh, Bengals. It just—it's not that close. So Jalen hurts. Yeah. Also, Cooper Cup was a finalist. He had one singular vote. Ah, last year. I mean, uh, yeah, the Eagles count where I am. Yeah, the Eagles home where I am is also taking hurts. So. That's fair. I'm pretty self-explanatory, I think. You guys um, hit everything that I was going to say about Hurts. Yeah. So. Jalen Hurts, good. Eagles, good. Um, <laughs> next, we have Opoi. Exactly. I think we can... The favorite... Ju- the, the, yeah, exactly, yeah. The favorite Justin Jeff- is Justin Jefferson. Um, I think that's fair. I think he's going to win it by a landslide. Um, and for the sake of not taking a quarterback here, I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill as my pick. Uh, he had over 1,700 yards and eight or ten touchdowns uh really was a focal point of that offense and absolutely made no i think two was a fun quarterback don't get me wrong but he absolutely made two look significantly better than he actually than he actually is and i might get flagged for that from the dolphins fans but you know uh without tyree hill to uh does not look as good as he does so yeah to, uh tyree kills my pick yeah and and to be honest i i agree with that i think you know the way I, justin jefferson being a finalist for mvp is awesome cooper cup last year awesome but they're not they're not winning it. they're not in the same wheelhouse and whether whether that's fair or unfair we can get into that debate a different day um but if mvp is going to be relatively exclusive to quarterbacks opoy has to be it, it, it can't include quarterbacks unless a quarterback has a peyton manning 2013 season where he has 55 touchdowns 5,000 whatever yards like something extraordinary which he might not have even won it then you know what i mean like that was just off the top of my head um so I agree with Zach. I think Tyreek was the next closest um, uh, to Justin Jefferson. I mean, their stats were pretty similar. Um, and uh, obviously, Justin Jefferson was the most dominant receiver in the NFL this year. That's really not up for debate. So Tyreek Hill, again, close second, moving forward. No, Dan, uh, Peyton Manning won MVP that year. I know, I know he won MVP that year. I just don't know if he won Oakley. Oh, oh, you're saying both. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, sa- I'm saying MVP is so quarterback dominant where, like, un- unless a quarterback goes way above It was, in fact, Peyton Manning. He did win Oakway that both. year as well. He won both. Got it. I so, think it's unfair. I mean, it's cool, but, like, I think it's more fun if you don't pick the yeah. guy twice. I think you've got to recognize, even if they gave it to one of the other Broncos, like, receivers or, you know, something, like, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I think he distributed the ball pretty well that year. But, anyways, Switz, prediction. Or not yeah, I'm going Tyreek Hill, too. Yeah. Tyreek Hill 
was really good on the Dolphins. Like, you know what he did on Kansas City, but you were always, like, concerned. Well, there were some concerns going in, like, can Tua get him the ball in space and let him do what he did? And they did. And it turned out to be pretty good offense dude, with Jalen Waddle. No, you're dude, good. Go. Was Ma- Tech Hill's mossing dudes this year. You saw him making a bunch of jump yeah. ball. I also... Catches, which is crazy. I, I didn't freak. know if this was, like, crazy or not, but, like, Travis Kelsey, I mean... Travis Kelsey had a oh my God, really yeah. good year for a tight end, like above just, beyond. A tight end's tight never, end won, a tight end has never won. Exactly, which is so I doubt it's going to be this year. No, I'm not so saying. It sucks, but but hopefully one year. Like, kid, like this would probably be like, if Tyreek, like Tyreek Hill is going to probably win it, but like besides Justin Jefferson, but I also wanted to put in Travis Kelsey because he was unreal for the tight end. Like, yeah. tight end won by landslide. By a lot, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I agree. Travis Kelsey's a monster. Mm-hmm. All right, Depoy. Uh, the favorite is, uh, I think, fair, is Nick Bosa. Um, he's a dominant force off the edge. That dude's a monster. He may be racist, but he's a pretty good football player. So I guess we'll... <laughs> All right, what it is, man. All right, that's enough. Well, it is what it is, man. But no. without, if Nick Bosa did not exist or was kicked out of the league for being a racist, uh, my pick would be Chris Jones for Kansas City Chiefs. Um, he is a finalist for Depoy. Which I'm very hyped about. That's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. He had 15 and a half sacks, and he was an absolute force up front for the Chiefs, and was the anchor of that defense. He can always get to the quarterback when he wanted to. So I'm very excited to see what he's able to do against that that very injured and crippled uh, Bengals offensive line. Though Joe Burrow is very good at getting the ball out faster than pretty much so anyone fast. in the league, uh, mm-hmm. I think Chris Jones is gonna is gonna make make some problems there for for Joe. Yeah, it's um, it, it's kind of funny. Again, yesterday the finalists didn't come out when we were when we were recording this, and when Zach mentioned Chris Jones, I that that's not a name that came uh, to mind when I thought Depoy. I mean, Chris Jones is he is a he's always been a stud defensive tackle, but like usually when you think Depoy, it's edge rushers with a lot of sacks or it's corners with a lot of picks. Like there's usually not much in between, or I guess a linebacker that was you know like whatever. But usually you don't think interior defensive linemen, right? Um, and, and Zach asked Switz and I, hey, how many sacks do you think Chris Jones had? And Switz said nine, right? And I, I said I, I nine. Said 12. I said 12, and then when Zach came out and said 15 and a half, I was like, damn. Um, and, and to see him as a finalist, uh, you know, today, when it came out this morning, um, that's crazy. Um, Chris Jones is a beast. Um, I'm I'm not gonna go back on my take from yesterday though. Um, I said Micah Parsons. Um, I I think it would it, it's closer now knowing how statistically dominant Chris Jones was. It's definitely closer between Micah and Chris Jones. I think Nick Bose is running away with it. But um, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm still gonna stick with my pick from yesterday, Micah Parsons. Um, he he's an animal. What he can do in coverage and obviously rush, rushing the passer. Um, is is just insane, um, Mike Parsons. Yeah. yeah, I said the same thing as Dan yesterday too with Michael Parsons. I mean, being an Eagles fan and seeing him twice a year is very scary, and you have to game plan around him. And he's just a force, whether he's rushing like Dan said or passing or in uh, pass coverage. You always have to look out for him. And yeah, he's definitely my. If Nick Bosa was not in the league, it'd definitely be Michael Parsons as the favorite to win Depoy. All right. Yeah, Michael Parsons is a beast. 
So now we got Offensive Rookie of the Year. The favorite is Garrett Wilson. He's not that drastic of a favorite, so I don't think it's... He's not guaranteed to win, but if the favorite did not win, or was not... Um, it wasn't here. So Garrett Wilson wasn't here. My pick would probably be... I think I would go... I think Chris Olave, I think, would be my pick. Um, he only had, like, 40 less yards than Garrett Wilson, um, and he was a baller. And he missed a few games, too, with injuries and stuff. And struggled with it, and he was on a, a pretty pretty poor... Not great Saints team, and he put us to put up those numbers. Thousand yard receiver as a rookie, that's pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, I'd go, I'd go Chris Lavi with maybe I could see an argument for Kenneth Walker as well. Yeah, I think I, uh, in all honesty, I don't remember. I think I picked Kenneth Walker yesterday. Uh, we definitely had we had a longer conversation about this because of the Chris Olave thing, and now seeing the finalists come out and Brock Purdy got it over Chris Olave. Um, not saying Brock Purdy wasn't an outstanding rookie. Um, but he didn't play majority of the season. Yes, he's played well while he's been in, but that's, I guess, a debate for another day. Um, in a world where Garrett Wilson uh, being the favorite is not there, I think Kenneth Walker. I also do think, though, that Chris Olave got snubbed as a finalist for offensive. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Because for the point Zach mentioned, I mean, he was, he was just shy of uh, Garrett Wilson's production. He missed a couple of games. Um, and... You know the Saints. The Saints team was not, um, not all that. <laughs> I mean, they they were bouncing between quarterbacks with Jameis and Dalton, Taysom Hill probably uh, at one point. You know, so. Um, Dude, but, yeah. Rock Purdy started in five games. Only five. Five games, yeah. and he's a rookie of the year finalist. There is no way, no you know, way that man. You know what? Absolutely, give him rookie, rookie of the month. You're right. Like get, get sure. rookie, rookie of the he, last he deserves, five weeks, man. He deserves that, like without a doubt, for what he's been able to do. But rookie of the year, I mean, we're we're talking. Think about if, if the shoe was on the other foot, and we were talking about somebody that started off so hot. Um, Brees Hall. Brees Hall was amazing. He was, pun definitely intended, running away with the, uh, with yeah. offensive rookie of the year, and. Then he tore his ACL, right? So yes. mm-hmm. he was out of contention, so to speak, from offensive rookie of the year because he got hurt. Well, he yeah. played more games than Brock Purdy, right? So again, if she was on the other foot, we got you know it's got to be fair. Um, so yeah, again, long tangent there. I'm gonna say Kenneth Walker. I'm gonna go Chris Olave just because of what Zach said and the fact that he. He was a staple for what the games that he played in the Saints offense without Michael Thomas from him being hurt again. He was a bright spot in that offense along with Alvin Kamara, like always the Saints are. But they had a down year, but definitely uh, Chris Olave was a bright spot and definitely a person to build around in the future. Absolutely. All right. Now we got D- or Defensive Rookie of the Year. Obviously, Sauce Gordon's going to run away with that uh, due to the monster. But if he didn't exist, if there was no Sauce in the league, um, my pick, <clears throat> as you know, a Michigan man, a Michigan homer, um, a Michigan fan. I'm not a Michigan man if it went there. But as a Michigan fan, I'd pick Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, take the biases, put the biases aside. Uh, dude was a monster. Uh, led the led rookies in sacks. He had three interceptions as an edge rusher. Uh, he was crazy. He had that one fraudulent three-sack game or whatever you want to call it. I mean, three sacks is three sacks, but 
It's a little yeah, bit fraudulent. fraudulent. It's fine. <laughs> it's a little bit fraudulent. But well, you know, once they changed the way he was rushing, I think they took him from standing up to putting him in his in a three-point stance or two-point stance. I don't remember exactly, but he started balling, and he was beating his guys. He was showing some bend. He was getting around the tackles, and he was just a monster. And um, I think he's going to be very good in the future. And I, was a good, I think it was a well-deserving second-round pick uh, for the Lions. Second overall? Yeah, not second round. Second overall. Did I say second round, dude? Is oh. it second round? Come on, Zach. Be better. Second overall pick. Um, yeah, Sauce Gardner, he's the clear-cut defensive rookie of the year. You honestly can't really even make a very good argument against that. Um, and, and that's and that's from everybody around the league. Like Sauce Gardner was just—he was a first-team All-Pro, I believe, definitely yes. a Pro Bowler, um, Pro Bowl starter. He was just—he was far and away the best defensive rookie in the league this year. Um, the two other finalists, um, one guy. <coughs> Dude, I tried to hit the mute button, man. I tried. I couldn't get there in time. Um, no, you're all right. Um, ah. Just, yeah, interrupt my uh, train of thought. Yeah, that's fine. Sorry, man. Um, no, the, the guy I mentioned yesterday was Tariq Woolen from the Seahawks. Um, another corner. He was a pro bowler. I believe he's also a pro bowl starter for the NFC. Um, yeah. I don't believe he got an all-pro nod. However. No, but um, he, is, he is a defensive rookie of the year finalist, though. It's yes. him, Sauce, and Hutchinson. Yes. And and Tariq Woolen, um, he, he was a beast. Um he stood on his head uh, for the Seahawks defense that, um, you know, once again, everybody kind of thought he was uh, not him specifically, but the Seahawks defense wasn't going to be that great. You know, they got rid of Bobby Wagner and, you know, they were tanking and, and all this stuff and they ended up Bobby making Wagner's the playoffs. Washed, and, dude. Um, so he, he had a, a very good season. Um, so I'm going to pick Tariq Wollin. Tariq Wollin is an absolute athletic freak. What is he, 6'5"? Yeah. Six four, six three or something. Six four. He is. He runs like a but, yeah six three six four. Yeah, but he runs like a, a, a four three. Dude's an athletic freak. Yeah. He fell that far in the draft. It's what, nuts. Yeah. What round was he in? I don't know if you guys said it. Uh, he was. Was he a fifth rounder? I think he was a fifth rounder. If I remember fifth. Correctly. It was fourth or fifth. It was like one of the later picks. But yeah, uh, Dan, I'm gonna go same as you, Tariq Woolen. He was just a beast for the Seahawks. That Seahawks defense, they needed somebody to step up, either him or Kobe Bryant their two draft picks that they took in last year's draft. And Tariq Woolen from UTSA, the Roadrunners. Big, uh, the Roadrunners. Big University of Texas San Antonio advocate. Uh, they he, he balled. He was unreal. It was for in the start of the season, it was him or Sauce being the number one corner in the draft, and then Sauce ran away with it. But if Sauce was out of the league, I'm going to equal him because he's just an athletic freak. Yeah, yeah dude, the, these young corners in the league are nuts, man. It's going to be crazy to watch oh, them develop. So good. Over those ne- these next few years. Um, now we have um, Comeback Player of the Year. Um, there's Right now the betting the betting favorites are there's two of them that the same odds, Saquon Barkley and Geno Smith. Yeah. So for this one, I mean, you can kind of pick whoever you want. Um, I'm going to probably go Saquon. Um, as he came back from um, a pretty crazy injury and was still, for the first half of the season, absolutely backpacking the Giants and carrying the victories until Jalen Jones started to figure it out. But that man's a monster. Um, he's crazy athletic. Uh, he's fast. He's shifty. He's elusive. Good vision. Overall, really, really good running back. Really great after contact. He's a monster. Um, and nothing to take away from anything from Geno, but 
dude's a, I like him a lot. Um, really happy he's playing well. Hope he gets the bag. Great dude. Can't can't really root against the man. Uh, great guy. Love to hear him talk. Love to watch him play. But yeah, my pick would be Saquon Barkley. Now I I mentioned yesterday the the, tra the the thought process of comeback player of the year of oh well when you're coming back don't you think you would have to like be coming back to like the same form than you like were and like I say that because like you know Geno Smith was never this was the only good year he's ever had in his career he was absolutely atrocious uh in the previous years that he was a starter for the the Jets and I did he start for another team um, I think he so. Played, yeah, he played for a few teams. Um, but to go up your point, David, really quick, um, I think what the NFL should do is similar to what the NBA does. Excuse me, with um, the uh, most improved player, um, like because Geno Smith would obviously went this year because in the, you know, the NBA you have the most improved player guys who have been kind of poor mm -hmm. for most of their career, and then they end up they end up being you know really good. Then again, I mean, most improved player is really really. Uh, subjective, and but nonetheless, I think that'd be a pretty cool thing to do. So stuff like these, so people like Geno Smith have a chance to win an award instead of you know being grouped in the same categories. People who actually suffered pretty crazy injuries, and um, yeah, you know, and um, yes, Geno Smith played for the Jets, the Giants, the Chargers, and the Seahawks. Yeah, that's right. Um, so so I brought up that that thought process, and I picked Saquon Barkley. Um, to win comeback player of the year because for all the reasons Zach said, you know, um, all the injuries he had, he had, he had a really good rookie season in 2018, all the injuries, 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 he had a really good, great season this year, right? One name that we did not, we just failed to mention it. We just failed Don't to mention it. Don't do it, Dan. It. Don't do it. I'm looking, this I'm is going to be my, I'm, if this I'm is going to be my pick. If Wait, you, you didn't say it. Let's let's go. You, you didn't mention let's, it yesterday either, though. I know because I, I didn't. I didn't even think of it because. Right, that's I was, what I'm saying. I didn't think you, of go it. Go ahead. But my pick, Eagles homer. My pick is Brandon Graham. You didn't think Brandon Graham? <laughs> Wait, no. what did you think? I was thinking no, Brandon Graham. Okay, okay. So I saw. I saw. Brandon uh, Graham is a good pick, though. Yes, Brandon, yeah, I, I saw an Eagles Twitter. I saw an Eagles Twitter from uh, Joey Hoover. Shout out Joey Hoover. Um, I I saw that on on Twitter uh, from his plethora of retweets. Um, but <laughs> and, and yes, that that is a good pick. But I'm talking about the third finalist, Christian McCaffrey. We didn't talk about Christian McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. 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 That man has battled injury, 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 and he – I mean, the 49ers were obviously a good team prior to the trade, the midseason trade, but Christian McCaffrey really lit a spark. And especially with a young quarterback, once Jimmy Garoppolo went down, man, um, he's really been a bright spot. And I don't think he'll win over Saquon, um, but I don't know how we didn't talk about him. Man. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I forgot. I just, yeah. Man, because I, th I think Saquon's more deserving. Um, I agree. McCaffrey well, yeah, yeah. of, of glass bones and paper skin. Every morning he breaks his arms. Every night he breaks his legs. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, just quote SpongeBob. Uh, kinda, it's just that's no no dog, dude. Of course I'm quoting SpongeBob. What do you think I was doing? Um, but yes, Chris McCaffrey's a beast. Um, but he's always injured, man. And I think I think Saquon's injury is a little bit more significant. And this, again, this is why this award award is weird, man. We are we are basing people and our finalists based off of who suffered worst injuries. 
Yeah. I think it's a little well, bit weird comparing injuries to each other. I think I think it's a little bit of weird war, a weird of an award and uh, super discretionary and subjective. A little weird to me. But you know it is what it is. So, going so back now, to my pick. Nope. Yes, what's Oh yeah, duh. Sorry. Totally I didn't really media. explain my, my Brandon Graham pick. I mean, obviously no. I think Saquon's going to win, but Brandon Graham coming off he's 34 coming off his uh torn Achilles last year. Came back he was behind Josh Sweat and uh, Son Reddick, which they both balled out. But he had a quiet 11 and a half sacks for the Eagles. As a 34-year-old coming off an Achilles injury, to not even be named finalist, I felt like was a snub. So if it was not... I would completely agree with you. If it was not for the finalists, I think it would be Brandon Graham. But obviously it's Saquon. Yeah, I absolutely agree. balled yeah, out. That's crazy. 34 years old after that kind of a significant injury. I mean, a monster is pretty dope. Um, but yeah, so now finally we're going on to Coach of the Year. The uh, betting favorite is Nick Sirianni. And even though he is the favorite, I still don't think I'd give it to him. I would go with um, Bill's legend, Brian Dable. Uh, he's my pick, Br- Giants head coach. Um, he turned that franchise around. It'd be between, for, honestly, it would be between him and Doug Peterson. They both <clears throat> um, were given similar situations, uh, really poor, poor rosters with young quarterbacks who were struggling and they both managed to turn them around and uh, really showcase their talents and the Giants with that Giants roster man that they, their receiving core is is, is pretty poor uh, very frustrating to watch sometimes but Dale Jones man Dable made it work um, brought him to the playoffs winning record a lot of people had him at 2-15 and 3-14 and 14, really bad poor records having the first overall pick in the draft but they made the playoffs, and they won a freaking playoff game. Uh, mind you, it was against the fraudulent Minnesota Vikings led by Kirk Cousins. But they won. Nonetheless, they won, and they moved on. And they did get dominated by the Eagles. Uh, but that's just a talent gap there. There's not much you can do about that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, my pick would be would probably be Brian Dable or Peterson. But I think, I think what Dable did is slightly more impressive than with what Doug Peterson did. Yeah, I agree. Uh, looking at the... Um, official finalists list. It's Nick Sirianni, Kyle Shanahan, Brian Dable, Sean McDermott, Doug Peterson. And, you know, I would love to, I would love to be a homer and just say, Oh, Sean McDermott uh, deserves it. But I agree with Zach. Um, West Seneca native, Brian Dable. He, what he did with his giants team, like Zach said, nobody had the giants pegged um, to go above 500. Like, not even, not even kind of close. Um, a lot of teams, uh, or not a lot of teams, a lot of people had the Giants, you know, winning three, four, five games, right? And for them to win, to make the playoffs, win a playoff game in the toughest division in football, um, too, because they were the third team in their own division to, to make the playoffs. That was incredible. And yes, they got uh, destroyed by the Giants, or the the Giants got destroyed by the Eagles, but I still think, um, you know, Brian Dable, um, most deserving, um, and I might get flagged from that from Bills fans, but oh well, Brian Dable. Uh, yeah, you guys both said Brian Dable, so I'm going to go different from you guys, and I'm going to say the uh, person that you guys didn't say, which was your second, which was Doug Peterson. Uh, what he did with the Jags after... I did say Doug Peterson. Actually. Oh, you said I Doug Peterson? <sighs> All right. So, um... <laughs> Well, I'm still gonna go Doug Peterson because of what he did. Well, no, to... I mean like I like I mentioned Doug Peterson. I guess. Okay. Oh, we no, yeah. That's it. All right, yeah, communication. Keep going. Come on, come on. Don't assume what to do. No, 
Absolutely not. Who are you? you talking about? No, I'm going to go with Doug <laughs> okay, Peterson right. because of what he did to bring the Jaguars back to, like, he just improved them tenfold from whatever Urban Meyer did to that team. That was yeah. atrocious. But somebody that is another snub, I think, would be MCDC. Dan Campbell, the Detroit Lions, bringing them to a winning record for the first time since 2017, I think. It was a damn shame they didn't make the playoffs. I know. I, yeah. If they got in the playoffs, I would – Jared Goff proved people wrong this year, I think, and he showed he can be a solid quarterback for that team. Zach said Aiden Hutchinson was a dog for that team. And, yeah, Dan Campbell gets should get more credit for what he did in uh, Detroit, and they're just going to get better. But – my pick's Doug Peterson. Sweet. Well, that's pretty much our recap on divisional divisional round of our predictions for, for championship weekend. But now we're going to end off um, ranking our top three Gatorade flavors. Uh, unfortunately, the first take of this was much is going to what is going to be or was much more funnier than what's about to transpire, as we had a terrible take um, from our co-host uh, Dan. He. It was not a terrible so take. No, stop it. Let, let, no, him, let, explain. let him explain. Let me explain what you let said. So, we're to, so it's okay. He, he, lemon lime was not in his top three, which is fine. I, it's not even in my top three. It's like I'll mention that number four. But he he had the audacity to say that it's not a classic flavor when when it was legitimately the first the first flavor color Gatorade. Don't let me, let me finish, Dan. Let me I'm finish. You finish the first sweet. color. You, the first color of Gatorade to ever be made. It was lemon lime, and he says, "No, no, no, no! It's not a classic flavor. Uh, I think of I think of red when I drink Gatorade." No, like, man. okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. like no, no, man, no, you're, come on! You're, wait, you're can I just say something? No, 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 switch! No, 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 my turn, my turn. Wait your turn, buddy. Raise your hand. No, listen, <laughs> it wasn't. Okay, you guys were attacking me for not having it in my top three, so that I I misspoke out of pure emotion, saying it's not a classic flavor. It is a classic flavor. I it didn't is attack you, dude. It's not even no, in my top three. No, you guys were attacking three. me. Bro, you guys It's not even for... in my top three. It was more him than me. You guys were going for I my I came in your neck because you said it wasn't but, classic, but, man. No, I said, I said it wasn't classic after you came after my throat. No, what I said, what your question was, when you think of Gatorade, what color do you think of? And then I didn't say lemon-lime, or, you know, yellow for the lemon-lime... Uh, flavor and then you came at me. What I said, I said this, was, no, you said lemon lime and I said you said red and I said oh what about lemon lime? You said well no that's not really a classic flavor and I was like damn that's just no, a completely wrong and disgusting take. No dude I'm telling you. Okay and also I said that because I was flustered you guys were attacking me. Okay let me let me just let me just let me just round this out. Okay. Lemon lime is a classic flavor. Like Jack said, it's the, oh, now the OG. Now it's classic. Now, it, now he's but, you out on it. Now but, it's classic. After you learned about its history. But, but, it is overrated in my opinion. I don't like it. I'm not going to drink it. Was my point yesterday that I made. I'm just gonna say my goddamn top three, Zach, and you can you can. Shove that, all right? My honorable mention what was... Your, what's your top three? My honorable mention was orange. <laughs> my number three, and, and I, you, I think both of you went before me last time, but we're going we're going out of order here. My number three was cool blue. Can't go wrong. Switch was drinking Zach's cool blue. Um, wait, 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 no, wait, wait, wait. Cool blue or glacier oh. freeze? 
I meant glacier free. Whatever. The light blue. Guy doesn't even know his Gatorade. Come God on, damn man. it. Where's your Where's your credibility? Where is your credibility? Where's my credibility? Have I don't drink Gatorade. You have this none. is what I was saying. Then why are you giving the top thing? I shouldn't even ask you, man. I should not even ask you. This, this is your segment, Zach. This is your segment. This is my. This is the, the whole thing's my segment. Talk. The whole thing is my segment. Yeah, that's my point. You you said, oh, we're going to add this in. So we're adding this in. Okay, okay. Let me preface this because I said this yesterday too. I'm a damn near strict water drinker. I don't like sugary drinks all that much. This is That's the reality of the situation. They're giving me looks because I'm fat. Screw you guys. <laughs> I did not say that. I did no, not say no, that. No, not saying it. Listen. <laughs> Listen. I don't drink sugary drinks. They love pop or soda. I don't. I don't like That's just... soda. <coughs> I, I am not. I'm. Switz, we're not having this conversation right now. I'm. We're going to finish this up, Switz, and I'm going to come for your throat. No. So when I, when I think of Gatorade, I think of, okay, what did my mom buy as a kid um, and currently still buys? And what, what do I like to drink? So I'm thinking, okay, after a, a super hot two-a-day football practice, I want to have an ice cold. So again, my honorable mention was orange, light blue, wild card in here, the Glacier Cherry White Gatorade. Beautiful. And then... I said fruit punch, the red one, man. That is not an outrageous take, and you guys are it's making not, something, and it's not. That's no, that we, is not. A we bad didn't take. say the, take, the bad take is is the anti lemon lime, not a classic take. I that, okay, but we got past that. that takes but we got away, past that. Strips you of your credit. We did not. I'm, not over it. I'm I'm very upset about that. Okay, I'm, well then be upset. Go cry, man. Go so I am go gonna cry. Be I will. Else. I will tell you your fault. I'm gonna aggressively cry. And pout that you don't like lemon lime Gatorade. I'm going to do it. And you have to suffer because you live with me. Switz, what are your talking <laughs> You know, I just want to say before, like, before we started talking about this, when you introduced it at the beginning yesterday, I said Dan is going to have a hot take during the Gatorade segment. And I was right. So you were right. my, top, my top three with an honorable mention, I do agree with Dan. Honorable mention goes to orange. My number three was red. My number two is lemon lime. And my number one is Glacier Freeze. Good. It's a good take. Yeah, mine's very similar. You, did you even say Glacier Freeze be... yesterday? Oh, yes, you did. Yes, yesterday. yeah, he did, and then took, then took a sip of mine. Yeah, then took a sip of. I added. Yes, I added in the orange because I didn't know we were doing honorable mentions because I did go first. We don't have honorable mentions. mentions. I know, but honorable mentions I mean, would be have, have a mind of your own, man. GPS. Yeah, man. Be original. I did. Anyway, I put. I I gave credit to lemon lime, <laughs> unlike some people. I gave credit to lemon lime. I just I don't like it, man. God damn. All right. Dan, we'll we'll discuss your terrible philosophy regarding lemon lime Gatorade in the future. Um, my top three, uh, I got or not orange. Lemon lime is my number four. Honorable mention followed by um, uh, orange is three, right? Yeah, orange is three. Two is um, also the white, the glacier cherry, great flavor. I love that. Very underrated. And then of course number one. Glacier Freeze, the light blue, immaculate. I had one. I had a six pack of Gatorade. I mean, the great roommate I am, I shared and I let my roommates partake and ingest my delicious Gatorade. And my roommate Jacob on Switz on this podcast thought it'd be funny if he drank my last one on the podcast while I watched him and could do anything about it. So I came <laughs> from a nice, really tiring, after exhausting Jack practice today. <laughs> I came back from very tiring, exhausting practice today. 
my calves hurt, my knees hurt, I was sweating, oh, I was thirsty, was... forgot to bring water to practice, and I wanted to drink my Gatorade, and I remembered that it was gone because Jake drank all of it. So I cried. Zach, next time I go to the store, I will buy you a six-pack of Glacier Freeze. Oh, no, 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 no. And then this kid has the audacity <laughs> to go to our, our, our campus rest, uh, cafe and bring back one of our friends. He got her a Glacier Freeze Gatorade she, and purposely did not me get her, me one. She gave me her swipe. You owe me a Gatorade and you purposely did not. You could have got it basically for free because you're spending your school money that you already have. And got me a Gatorade. You chose not to, just to be a uh, to be a jerk, man. And I don't appreciate that. It don't offended be a jerk. me. I was sad and I was upset. And I wanted to throw a fit, a tantrum, as they say. I wanted to be five year old child, gonna, but I did not. Are you and gonna I throw a tantrum for Dan or for me, or both? Are you gonna throw for, for you? Both? Maybe both. I'm gonna throw a tantrum for both of you. I'm gonna cry and kick and scream. How does that sound? Maybe throw a PS5 hey, controller in here. Yeah, I was about to say so. Damn it! Uh, you beat me to one finally. Well, cause you always go first, right. cause you always talk, you always go on your rants, so I can never <laughs> get in. I can never. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that pretty much wraps everything up. That was our divisional round recap with our championship round predictions and some coaching stuff. Uh, hopefully, next week we'll be talking about some pretty exciting championship games and predicting our Super Bowl winners and our scores and our matchups and our outlooks and stuff. So, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy it and have a good one, man. Go birds. Right.